I'm gonna take one, baby. back with the Take One podcast, and I am so happy we are continuing our celebration of Black History Month uh, through learning about Black history through the eyes of our members, and really excited, of course, I'm excited about this one because we're getting to learn about Memphis music, uh, and we're getting to learn from two of our band members, so you guys get to hear them every Sunday, and now we get to actually hear a little bit more about their stories. So we got Charlton Johnson. He is killing it on the guitar every Sunday. <laughs> and we got Mr. Cedric Kill. He's killing it on the drums every Sunday. So they are a huge, huge part of our worship. And we're just so honored and happy that they took the time after work to <laughs> come and sit and talk with us. And we also have Artez Henderson on the podcast, you know. Soon to be assistant (laughs) pastor out here, pass these ordination exams, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we're just really, really excited um, to get into this conversation. You both grew up in Memphis, which is really, really cool. And I'm always curious to hear, because I'm not from Memphis. Artez, you're not either. You're from St. Louis. St. Louis, yep. Right. Um, So we're just wondering, what was it like growing up in Memphis? Like, what was your childhood like? What schools did you go to? All that good stuff. My childhood growing up in Memphis uh, was a lot of music. I mean, you know, church. I'm from the Church of God in Christ. I grew up at... Kojic. Oh, yes, Kojic. I grew up at Greater Community Temple, Church of God in Christ. And uh, and every year, uh, we used to invite the Clark sisters and mm-hmm. people like that to our church. and Show off. I, used, I grew up... <laughs> I'm blessed to say I grew up playing behind Maddie Mouse Clark, the Runda Twinkie. And Maddie Mouse Clark used to actually have me on the drums crying, wow. threatening me, if you don't hit them drums hard, <laughs> I'm going to make you sit down. You hit the drums like you using switches. Hit the drums. How old were you? I was like five and six. And, and that was five and six. And that was some of the uh, blessings, you know, and, and all the music, all the people. I just grew up around a lot of music. I went to Whitehaven High School, and that was uh, a music, you know, orientated school, and they still, you know, very music heavy and uh just grew around all of that and you know just blessed to be around the church of god in christ and and uh and you know in a good high school and middle school school program and sneaking around when i started driving you know like uh going on bill street and watching i ain't trying to make charging sound older than me or whatever (laughs) but watching too too late watching the legends like charging and all them just growing up just in awe, just around music, because you know, of course, everywhere you go in Memphis, you're gonna run yeah. into music. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Well, for me, growing up, I mean, the very early days. Well, first of all, both my parents were school teachers, okay. taught in the public school system, but they sent us to Catholic schools. Okay. My f- first guitar teacher was actually a nun. Sister Roberta, Sister Mary Roberta, and she got me started. At that time in the Catholic Church, they were doing what they call guitar masses, and she used to play for that. And then maybe we got good enough where we played one, maybe. I can't remember. (laughs) Then there were local TV shows that were music-oriented. There was one called Swing Shift. I remember getting to be on that one. There there were at least two or three others, Talent Party, you know, 
that's also at the time when uh, variety shows were on TV and you could see the Beatles on TV or, or whoever. And then I had some friends. I played with some guys from Booker T. Washington. Okay. And they had me over to their school playing. And it was like, looked like every other person was a musician. I said, wow. You know, I thought I was sounding pretty good. Then they said, oh, you need to hear Macintosh. I said, oh, okay then. <laughs> and I did get, you know, Mac, we became friends. He, he, he was a little older, more experienced. Wow. Okay, so you guys just gave a lot of, of history. I didn't know. Um, okay, so I'm going to go back a little bit. So you said Miss <laughs> Maddie Moss Clark wasn't no joke. Okay, so I watched this biopic. Doc, I, don't yeah. Know, yeah, I don't know if anybody yeah. else watched oh, this yeah. movie. And a lot of this stuff so on So that, that was her. Yes, and I was like, <laughs> they, they had her, uh, so that person really studied her, and, uh, but, uh, but that was just a good experience growing up. And mm-hmm. I remember being young, I always played. I never had the for- uh, blessing to play with people my age. Okay. And I used to think that was a bad thing, you know, like, yeah. I want to play with guys my age, you know. Yeah, all, yeah. all the guys I would play with, even at a young age, uh, up to forever, that they was old enough to be my dad mm-hmm. or uh, mothers or some whatever. And, uh, and I used to think that was a bad thing. And then once I got old, I started appreciating you know, all the knowledge, you know, all right. the experience yeah. I was around. And um, and then uh, just being around a lot of musicians. It's typical for a lot of guys in Memphis, you know, musicians, they they school teachers, some mm-hmm. of the best musicians. Mm-hmm. And I watched a lot of them, you know, just had an uh, opportunity to see a lot of them in school and see the same people change uh, to Clark Kent to Superman at night you know, <laughs> right. uh-huh. or whatever, you know, and just... Yeah, people like Maddie Mouse Clark, they, you know, she taught me how to hit the drums. Mm. Yeah. You know, in Memphis, you got to have that backbeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they mm-hmm. want the backbeat. Mm-hmm. You know. No, that's that's awesome. And uh, Charlton, I did not know your first guitar teacher was a nun. Oh, well, how would you? I don't... And a woman. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm learning that, too. I, I learned <laughs> new awesome. stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And she started us at the beginning. This is the E string. This yeah. is the B string, that kind yeah. of thing. But she, she had that's that cool. teacher's gift, I think. You know, some people can just teach. Mm-hmm. And I think she was one of them. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, can I ask? So, oh, yeah, go ahead. You know, as as uh, young children, whether we are forced by our parents or you know yeah. grandparents to do a certain thing, play a certain sport, play a certain instrument, like apparently it stuck with y'all. So how did like at what point in time in your life you was like, nah, this this my thing? You know, I actually enjoy it. It's part of my life. Uh, for me, growing up at Greater Community Temple. Uh, He's now Bishop Porter, but he was the drummer at the time. Uh, is that right? Yeah, you know, uh, at the time he was BB. You know, his name is Brandon Porter. And we, okay. you know, he was young BB then, and and I used to watch him on the drums, and uh, you know, and I, and I used to go home and and just be hitting in the air or whatever. And my mom used to be like, "What are you doing?" And I used to say, "I'm playing BB." You know, I'm yeah. playing. You know, and uh, just growing up, you know, like you know, in the church, and plus my mom is when you. If you look Church of God and Christ up in the dictionary, you're going to see her face. <laughs> you know, we was at church 24-7. Right. So just being at church around the drums, around uh, the guys playing the music and stuff like that, I knew at an early age that that's what I wanted to do was play drums. Wow. And, uh, 
And, you know, and my mom, she take pride in this, you know, all the noise I made in the house. And <laughs> people used to be like, how can you stand? And she was on the phone. She was used to, wow. you know, just yeah. got to the point that she was just just used to, you know, just hearing noise. Shout yeah. out to mama and the yeah. patient. You ain't getting on her last nerves with them yeah. drums. <laughs> and it's so funny. I'm, and I'm, I'm the opposite. Like when my daughter or my grandkids, they, they play. And I just can't stand it. <laughs> I mean, they sound good. I'm not saying I can't. The noise. I just uh-huh. And I'm like, I, I just, I, you know, so that even made me look at mom like, wow, you were strong. <laughs> I don't have that in me. Okay, that's enough, y'all. Stop. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> How about you, Charleston? Did you always know that you wanted to, to play guitar? No, not always. Actually, my parents, I got two older brothers. We all had to take piano lessons at an early age. My dad played trombone, so all three of us, my, me and my brothers, we played trombone early on. But somewhere along the line, maybe from watching the guitars on TV and some of the folks that I would occasionally see, made me want to get one. And then when I got one, I became hooked. Yeah. And I could. My, my brother used to tell a story of every time he would be in the house, I'd be practicing. Which ain't quite to wasn't quite to that extent, <laughs> but that's he said no that's how that's what I remember. You never had that guitar out of your hand, mm-hmm. but that's that's not quite to that extent. Yeah. But but yeah, after playing the guitar, I got into of course BB King, Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. Wes Montgomery. You know the list just is still growing. Mm-hmm. You know folks that I enjoy and learn from. That's awesome. So we were talking about teachers as well. I know Cedric, you said a lot of teachers, um, a lot of musicians were also teachers, as you guys <laughs> have been. Um, so was there like a particular teacher you can say like just really inspired you and set you on that path, or one that just came along and you feel like really put you on that next level? Really, it was it was a few teachers. I mean, it wasn't a million, but it, a lot of the teachers that inspired me was more. Uh, what I liked about them was, because you know, in the real world, the average professional musician, uh, they they uh, don't you know get a lot of the finer things in life uh, because mm-hmm. they just depend on music. But but the ones that really that I really watched was people like Michael Scott. Um, you know, when I was you know like when I got in college, you know, mm-hmm. more of them teachers because you can actually see them. Uh, talking to talking, walking to walk. They was right. they, they was teachers, and you can actually see them doing what they talking about yeah. at night. I mean, when I was at University of Memphis, I mean, it's funny how I met Charlton. He probably don't remember, but he was te- he was teaching a lesson with one of my friends because he was one of the teachers over there, mm-hmm. and uh, and the door was open. And I just thought they was in that vibe because they was jamming, right. you know. <laughs> and uh, I went there, hey, man, I just went in there talking. And Charles looked at me and said, hey, dude, I'm in the middle of a class. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but just that energy they had in there, I mean. I don't remember that. The right. class, <laughs> you was teaching Chip Washington. You oh, mean, yeah. Chip, Chip, you know? Chip Henderson. Chip Henderson. I think oh. he's in Nashville now. Right. And he's a great guitar player. But, um. Yeah, I, I mean, just the vibe of right. it wasn't his class was teaching, you know, but it was like him, Michael Scott, uh, Earl Thomas. These are teachers oh, in, yeah. in town, you know, just yeah. you can see even right now, uh, Tom Leonardo, great drummer. Yeah, Tom one told me one time he told me that, um, 
And that was the biggest, he really inspired me. He said, Cedric, uh, you a killer drummer. I wish I can do the stuff you can do. Uh, but one thing uh, I have on you that you would never have on me, and he patted his pocket. He said, money. <laughs> <laughs> he said, because I know how to read. I know how to gotcha. teach. I know how it's bigger than this. Diversify. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. he said, once you get to this level, your whole uh Everything changed, you know, and, yeah. you know, just, you know, I was coming from the church, just can play by ear or whatever, and uh, and he told me that, and, and I got, at one time I was on Bill Street doing a gig at Rum Boogie, and uh, this producer from uh, from Chicago was in there, and he was a, a playwright, and he was mm-hmm. doing uh, this, uh, he said they was getting ready to take a, you know, do a show called Bubbly Brown Sugar, and I ain't misbehaving. And you know, you always hear people talking big. Hey, right. I'm so and so, my card. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I was kind of ugly with him. Like, here we go again. <laughs> he gave me his card, uh-huh. all of that. And so he, uh, I'm like, so like three days later, somebody from New York called me, said, hey, wow. we heard you, you know, a good drummer. And, uh, and they told me, we're going to pay you $1,000 a week to come do this play. We're going to Paris, Rome, Africa. You know, I was in my early 20s, never uh-huh. been nowhere. And, can they, and the first question, they said, can you read? I said, yeah, but I couldn't read, but I wanted to turn that <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I can read. You can do whatever you need. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. And so uh, I went to Tom. You know Tom Lenardo. Yeah, of course. And I went yeah. to Tom, and and I said, man, I got to learn this show because I want to do this gig. Yeah. So he taught me. I mean, he did enough for me to memorize it, you know. Mm-hmm. So through the tour, you know, I was gone four months touring. I just had a book in front of me. I wasn't really reading. I, when I saw the people in the band turn the page, I turned the page. Yeah. So, make it till you make it. Right, but I promised myself when I got back to Memphis that I really was going to learn how to read mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. So you know, I give him a lot of credit for teaching me how to read and plus teaching me how to teach and give back musically mm-hmm. to other young musicians or whatever. So, yeah, so them, like, four or five people I just named, yeah. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How about you? Well, I have a few that I could name, too, but one that maybe had the most impact was my high school band director. Okay. And he uh, he was the kind of teacher that if you were interested in something, he would feed that interest. And he had a huge album collection in the band room, and I'd be hearing, well, who was that? Who is that? You know, that's Count Basie, that's Duke mm-hmm. Ellington, or, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, would you like to take that home and listen? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started, started, you know, borrowing his albums and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to learn more about music theory. He gave me a m- couple of music theory workbooks that I worked through. But it wasn't something that was required. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, if you were thirsty for something, he was going to try to, you know, provide what you needed and I always remember that and then I got to play in the concert band and in the uh, jazz band and the jazz band turned me on to you know playing some of the musical Count Basie, Ellington you know some of the classic things and I later didn't realize it but I got to be with the Count Basie orchestra and I'm going Wait a minute, how did that happen? <laughs> how did you go listening time? to that record to playing it, huh? Right, right. Well, well, the guitar player that they had who was a long time with them, like maybe 50 years, Freddie Green, he uh, died. He, he actually died after Basie did. And so they'd been looking for a guitar player. They told me it was maybe three guys before me. 
and when they came to me, uh, well, when they gave me the opportunity. Yeah. They said, oh, yeah, you're a keeper. I said, okay, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. He came behind Freddie Green. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> a plain account base, man. And, 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 you know, on, on, on charts, you know, published charts right. kind of thing, you'll, for guitar, you'll sometimes see style of Freddie Green. That's yeah. the, how they want you to play. Oh, okay. My goodness. Okay. So, speaking of, I don't even know all the different bands you guys have played on and all your accolades, and this is not you promoting yourself. We just want to know, like, who who have you guys played with? What are some of the things you've done? I know you said you've been on tour all around the world. Can you guys just tell us, like, where you've been? Because I do believe Memphis produces some of the best musicians. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Well, I would say, well, you know, I... As a kid, I got to play at clubs and it kind of built nightclubs. You know, my parents didn't really know what I was up to. Right. And, and I actually wasn't old enough to be in the clubs yet. But I kept playing. I managed to do that. Yeah. And uh, got to play with some of the notables around town. But I guess when I got the Count Basie gig, that was maybe the biggest break hmm. that okay. I had. Yeah. And they traveled the world and recorded my first day with them in the recording studio with George Benson. And I said, what? And I saw, yeah. I, and I saw him over there. I was like, I was like, who, who are you? Wait a minute. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. I saw you on TV. Wait. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Later on, did that. And, you know, I, I was on tour with a, a Broadway show too for a while. And then I played with Bobby Blue Bland for some years. But I got to do a lot of traveling, you know, a lot of different countries. Now, now I'm playing with uh, Dee Dee Bridgewater, and she's she's bigger in Europe than she is here. Right. So it's a lot of Europe stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I met you. So I've crossed paths with Charlton at Stax, and I right. think at that point we were just trying to get him. Oh, really? <laughs> trying to get him in between tours, tour dates. <laughs> oh, really? To teach our students, but just an amazing teacher. You wouldn't know talking to Charlton that he's done all of these mm. things. You know, he's so <laughs> humble. Sure Very humble. He's so patient Hell with yes. children when it comes to the guitar, and and yeah, so. Well, thank so you. Yeah. True. It's amazing to have these these people <laughs> every Sunday. Play. Just, you know, it blows my mind. <laughs> Listen, I, I said this, you know, with the staff. I say every Sunday consistency, not just y'all presence. Like y'all, I feel like y'all got perfect attendance. Uh, but you talking about the passion, the succinctness, you know, and just the Lord meets that. And yeah. people walk away like, man, thank you. You know, just to be blessed through that different various you know, of instruments. Appreciate so I just well, got to reiterate that. that yeah. yeah, man. Well, it's, it's very special to get to play, you know, for the Lord and be in church and that kind of thing. I knew I hadn't done a lot of that until you said, well, you want to come play? Well, you used to get me to sub. <laughs> right. I know. Oh, and the first opportunity came. He was like, Charlie. I was like, oh, I know Charlie. Yes, we can do that. <laughs> get him now. 
And every yeah, time you it. subbed, it was just like, man, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> really? And I remember when I had to, like, I, I was like, I, I'm going to just ask Charlton because I don't know, you know, oh, what's who he's going to be. I'm going to just try to see if he can come. And I was so happy when you said yes. Well, I was like, you. y'all, we got Great Charlton. Uh, <laughs> I felt I, so uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I was glad, glad. And I had wondered, you know, they told me you weren't at Stacks anymore. Uh-huh. And I was, and they said, oh, no, she's she's got a real job now. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Okay. We all work at Stacks, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. on this table. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, long hours. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. But, yes, yeah, Cedric, uh, I heard from a birdie that you may have gotten a note or some kind of accolade or something. Oh, uh, on, uh-huh. on Bill's. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. With the, uh-huh. where is, for the King, you know, with the the King, King Bees. Um, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so uh, you have a note on Bill Street. With the King Bees wow. as a group. That's amazing, though. Oh, yeah. So, so what are some other bands you played? Well, with? I, uh, I didn't play with Lil Milton. He was a famous blues artist, mm-hmm. got a lot of hit songs out. I played with him for a while. Uh, for the record, I'm, I don't really like touring. I, I get so lonely on tour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, did yeah. some tours. I always come home or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm weak when it comes to that. I like to be at home. <laughs> oh, but okay. I, I did Lil Milton. I, like I said, I did Bubbly Brown Sugar. I ain't misbehaving. Um, um, uh, I traveled with this guy named Billy Gibson. We didn't. We did a lot oh, of traveling yeah. over the world. You know, all over the world. There was some, some tours I did, but. The people I played with, I've been blessed to play with Yolanda Adams, Ron Winers, um, uh, Lando Draper. I did some stuff with Lando Draper. Um, Ruby Wilson, when she was alive, mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of playing with her. Uh, uh, Rufus Thomas, and just a lot of you know acts on Beale Street. Uh, Preston Shannon, that was a great opportunity to play with Preston Shannon. The, the King Bees, they still active. Uh, in churches I played for, I used to play for Brown. I played for, I, like I said, I grew up at Greater Community Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played with a lot of the Kojic people like, um, you know, the Clark sisters and right. just different people like that. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm a church drummer. Oh, wow. I, I do a lot of R&B and jazz and rock and all that, but my fun to come when I play on Sundays at, at church. That's, yeah. that's, that's what it that's when it, it's not work. It don't feel gotcha. like work. It's just fun. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It shows. You know, it I just, you know, good vibe, good people, family, you know. Yeah, that's so good. So I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit from the questions because, Artez, you were talking about the way it is when, when you guys play together and just it really is you're just being on one accord. So mm. it doesn't have to be a church moment, but what is one, like, um, performance or service that you feel like you'll never forget where mm. you just feel like this is like why I love music this is yeah you, you're talking about at the church or just it could be anywhere just period just in your musical journey like and you're like this is what it's about oh man true it's be like a million stories of that but, <laughs> yeah but uh, you know some of the best ones is uh when it wasn't playing you know and oh and, yeah and the music just went somewhere just went somewhere that that was just, you know, we talked about it, just couldn't let go. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. that can be in the church. We, even at downtown church, we didn't have a lot of those moments that, you know, we just kept it kept it going. Kept church it going. over, we still there. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, everybody putting up the chairs, you know, or whatever. We, we uh-huh. still, you know. Background them, music. Right. Huh? That's just the moments, you know. And, right. Um, you know, I, I get a chance to play with other people, or just the other doors that it opens, uh, whatever. But them, the moments like that, like I said earlier, my fun is 
uh, is church moments, you know. Yeah. You know, this I always tell people, you know, I'm a church drummer, you know, and uh and uh I'm, I was so church that I had to learn how to not to sound church on gigs, you know. Uh-huh. Uh uh-huh. you know, that's what, you know, like I said, playing with certain people, you know, and some of the moments of getting trained, you know, you grow more when you play with better people or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, listening, you know, taking criticism. You, those are, believe it or not, those are exciting moments when it's coming from the, yeah. the right person. Right. You know? So you'll be all day with that. Yeah, yeah. So. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, for me, uh, magic moments. Well, I think that's what it is. It's moments in music mm-hmm. when you're playing. You can't. Well, in my experience, you can't expect it to be like that every time. I mean, you want it to be. You try to make it that way. But sometimes it just happens, and it's like everybody's just on, you know, almost like a track team or something, and they just, you know, passing that baton as they go, and it's in perfect sync, Hmm. that kind of thing. And and it can be almost like you feel like you're reading each other's minds to an extent sometimes. And then, of course, if there's an audience and they're enjoying what you're doing, that that lifts us yeah. for sure. It's definitely magic when it's the audience involved with it. Yeah, yeah. when they yeah. in sync with it. Yeah, something yeah. about people gathering like with the same mind. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Does. So thank you for you know indulging my musical geek <laughs> question. <laughs> well, you got to tell us about you some. What's your musical background? Oh Lord! Flip you the t- script you on the, the, script uh, on the, <laughs> oh, on the interviewer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I am the interviewer for a reason. Uh, <laughs> but she also being modest. See, <laughs> I know. See, those are, those I know. Are, she she don't have a, a piano by her desk for no reason. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> now, don't don't yeah. Don't I, take I it for a joke. She knows what she's yeah, doing. Exactly. Like, I just right. feel like God called me to this through a very weird series of events because. I always have loved music. I grew up as my mom was a worship leader growing up, but I never really saw myself as doing it. And I come from a a musical family. I don't know if everybody knows that, but if your last name, you know, I recently got married, but before I got married, my name was Christmas. Last name was Christmas. So where I'm from, from Gary, Indiana, if your last name is Christmas, you can sing. It's just like automatic. Automatically, <laughs> they'll see you at the grocery store. Can you Take sing? Take a grand. <laughs> and for an introverted kid, it's like, no, please don't. You know? um, but anyway, I went to a magnet school in Gary um, called Emerson. It was a performing arts school. And we actually started learning how to read music in the in middle school in sixth grade. I had this amazing teacher, her name was Miss Cowan, speaking of teachers, who taught us how to read music from a hymnal. That's the best and way. So you had to pick whichever part you, you know, you were singing that day. So as I was a soprano, but I still got to like sight read the tenor part or, you know, whatever right. part. And I think that's really where I started learning how to see maybe the bigger picture of music. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the part I'm singing, it's right. the way all of these parts fit. So yeah, I went to that school, um, graduated, I did pretty well with all the competitions and everything. Um, I went to Indiana University, I actually minored in music though. Oh. A lot of people don't know this. I minored in music, my major was music business. Oh. 
And, um, and let, then me sit, let me sit up straight. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to make some money. If I was saying earlier, she was smart. And so, and so then I decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go to grad school. Like, I'm not going to take any breaks. Because um, if I get out of school, I'm not going to want to go back. So That's true. <laughs> I got my, I decided that I wanted to, because um, I felt like I didn't have all of the tools I needed to really be successful. Um, it's just straight out doing music the way I want it to be. And I decided, like, okay, I want to give other kids from a similar background the same opportunities. And so that's when I started to go to the nonprofit side. And I got my master's in arts administration with a nonprofit focus. So everything I was doing is, you know, <laughs> when we met. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was like learning grant writing, fundraising, all these things. Worked at Stacks for five years, and then I get this random email from Richard saying that he's looking for a worship leader. And I really feel like the Lord just took it from there because I didn't think I was good enough to be the worship leader. Really? Did not. I was like, and I am she not got a on great either. era. I am not on either right. Christmas well, well, level. Don't, like, well, don't don't trust yourself. Then, right. If that's the case. Right. right. <laughs> just um, just I, just trust Him. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And for the amen. record, she got a great era. <laughs> oh yeah, no question. She got a great. But era. it was it was it was really the Lord. The fact that I am a worship leader right now. Um, and that took a completely different turn than I thought was <laughs> okay. But like you part of Memphis and, now, <laughs> right? And the fact that I get to play with these people every week um, on this, uh, like musicians of this cal- caliber. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could not have told me this when I was eighteen. Like you could not have told me that. last year. Where, <laughs> right, last year. When I was like, you could not have told me that that's so. Anyway, mm. I'm just blessed, and God is amazing. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's my background, and I just I'm just happy to be in the number, y'all, with no. these folks. Oh, well, <laughs> no, I, I just want to say goes this both ways. I just want to say this. I've been playing there at uh, downtown church. I think uh, twelve or thirteen years. Wow, uh, man. Because my daughter man. is twelve, and she was like one, so it was like around that time. Wow. Richard brought to my attention. Pastor Richard brought to my attention about two months ago that uh, I haven't been off in ten years or something like mm-hmm. that hmm. or whatever. But uh, was he checking his book? How do you know that? <laughs> it was something for the reason it came up, and I was like, "Oh wow, I haven't." You know, uh, but my point of saying it, I've been through uh, three worship leaders, mm-hmm. and uh, this the uh, age, I got to say strongly, the age on is the first, the one that. Everything was just natural, mm. linked. Mm. You know, it was just, you know, just, you know, you got to give credit where it's at. It right. was just, it wasn't, like, okay, let's go to work business. I mean, it was, everybody, it, you know, it was, we all up here working but having fun. Yeah. Like, oh, we at work? You know, kind of right. that type of thing. You know, it was just, it was just, everybody was just naturally getting along and just everything was gelling. And, mm. you know, I feel like I can say that because I've been through them all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Man. so you know, I think she deserve a good applause for you know what yeah. what, a, what the music probably going. Man. Yeah, and that's the truth. Yeah, if right. y'all would have heard, I know we, if y'all would have heard the first time I led worship, I was so nervous. And Cedric and the guys were so sweet to me. <laughs> y'all, it's it's uh, it's that's awesome. Then, but thank you. Thank you know, you we all be messing. We, we play a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. I mean, by the second time, second third time, they started messing with me, and I was like, okay, I'm in. Right. <laughs> when they when Memphis people start to make fun of you. That's how you know. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is. A, uh, I got two more questions. Uh, and Art says, if you have any, feel free to. Pump. You, you, okay. Um, all right. So we talked a lot about 
um, different genres of music. And like I said, I truly believe there is something in the water in Memphis when it comes to these musicians. (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but y'all are amazing. Um, So what would you say makes Memphis music unique? And how have you seen it really like influence the world? Because for me, like after coming to Memphis, when I hear certain music, I'm just like, man, that sounds like this artist, you know. So anyway. What would you guys say? Uh, that's a good question. One thing make Memphis unique uh, that we all had to learn, and especially like the drummers, is that behind the beat style and and the, the back beat. You know, we mm-hmm. everything here is laid back and smooth. We, yeah. we uh, you know, uh, and we take pride. You know, the Motown sound and uh, other songs. You know, before. The two and we discovered the two and four, you know, okay. the, the the backbeat, the, you know, the snare on the two and four. If you notice a lot of other songs uh, before that, if you go back and listen to music and you you can hear it that even like Motown hit song, it was just clap, 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 clap. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before that, it was swing. But we came with the, you know, the we started the action two and four, the back, what they call it, the backbeat. Yeah, the backbeat. Can you demonstrate yeah. it a little yeah. bit for those that aren't? The backbeat is just, just, you know, with the, like with the typical. It's so, it's so natural now that that's just what you hear is, when, you know, the like when we clap our hands on two and four, mm. you know, like a lot of songs, the snare drum usually just, if you notice all the snare drums on a lot of hit songs, if you go back and listen to Motown, do chat, do chat, 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 chat. But we came with it. Forget all all that. That's too much going on. Make it cool with the, just keep them. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, even before that, mm-hmm. songs, the pop of the era was what swing. Yeah. You know, there was, you know, it wasn't a backbeat. You right. know, and and now everything, every song you hear in the world, I don't care what it is, pop, it's a backbeat. It. Mm-hmm. You know, rock, whatever, and that that's what you got to say proudly came hmm. right here from Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Started the backbeat. Yes, All right. <laughs> I, love it. I tell you, I love it. what would you All say, right. Charlie? Well, I would say, well, for one thing, Memphis is, of course, you know, uh, sits right at Mississippi, Arkansas, and Tennessee borders more states than almost any other anyway. But but Memphis became like a hub, I guess you could say, from what I understand. And a lot of the musicians would come from all over Mm -hmm. to, like B.B. King, for instance. You know, he was on the radio in, in Memphis, but he was from Mississippi. And that was a, a, a common journey, I think, for a lot of people. So I think once all these musicians arrived and you know kept coming and it was a big flow and everything, I think it just spread and spread and spread. Yeah. And I think part of the reason Memphis music is special is because of its connection to blues, to gospel, mm-hmm. you know, the whole soul thing, which you know about, the yeah. whole soul, <laughs> the whole soul right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's unique to Memphis because you know naturally Stax competed with Motown. Mm-hmm. Right. In Motown, uh, you know, Stax was what what was Motown called? The uh, uh House of Hits or Hitsville. something like that. Right, right. Hitsville. And then Stax got Soulsville, right, mm-hmm. right. And and uh people used to people Stax people, I got to play with some Stax people. And they used to say, you know, people would ask them, well, what about Motown, man? You know, you got the Temps, the, you know, Supremes, you know, the Jackson 5, blah, blah. he go, yeah, but baby, we got the soul. Come on. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny what he just said. Uh, if you even notice, even when Stax was getting hot in the 70s and all of that, 
even when the Temptations used to do their live shows, mm-hmm. like the hit songs that you knew, they the style of the live shows, like Papa Was a Rolling Stone and all them songs, they played it more on a uh, on the stack style because mm-hmm. that was hot. Mm-hmm. And once again, because that backbeat, because yeah. like I said, if you listen to a lot of the Temptations songs, you don't hear them, them backbeats, you know. Mm-hmm. But when people play them live, now when they used to play them live before stacks, you know, they was playing it like they recorded it. But as time went on, when like when Soulville and all that stuff was getting hot, you you can go back and listen to a lot of the Stax artists, you know, changing the style of the song live to, you know, you would think it was like Memphis musicians playing with them because mm. it that, that style was hot, you know. Yeah. People can follow a two and four better than a straight four quarter notes, uh, you know, uh, yeah. no snare at all or just swing or whatever. Right. You know. No, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so this is my last question so we can get y'all home. <laughs> All right, so what would you say is like the hope or even your dreams for the future of Memphis music? Well, I'd love to see the recording thing come back and yeah. be mainstream, so you know, so to speak. I mean, uh, the hip-hop and stuff, we've had a lot of success with that. Mm-hmm. You know, hip-hop, rock rap, that kind of thing. I don't wouldn't want to change that at all. Mm-hmm. But along with that, you know, I'd like to see recording of all kinds, R and B, you know, big name artists that come to record here, which that happens, you know, like mm-hmm. with uh over at High. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me they were at High Studios. This would have been years ago. And Willie Mitchell, who was you know, that was his his place. Mm-hmm. They said he was on the phone with Tina Turner. And I said Wait a minute. That's 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 her boyfriend, Willie Mitchell. And they said no. <laughs> they said no. She wanted to record some Al Green songs, and uh, wow. and a lot of people wanted to come to Memphis just for that. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't change a whole lot of the equipment out at Stacks because people felt like it ain't broke. Don't fix right. it. You know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely. What's what's my man that had up uptown? Oh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, right? Yeah. They came and recorded. Yeah. And he wanted that. He wanted everything old sounding. Yeah. Wow. What Mitchell, all of them had in it. He wanted yeah. that sound. Like he said, they never messed with nothing. Um, yeah. But the question you asked, even on on my end, I uh, I just really the same. I wish um, my dream is to, uh, that Memphis music. It's just we see a lot of talent here of drummers, guitar players, singers, or whatever. Um, you know, like sometimes we, you know, because this is not a business a, a city when it comes to music. You know, when it comes to music business, a lot of us just, you know, time just go by, and um, you know, we just don't have the opportunities like the people in New York and uh, mm-hmm. California. True, and, you know, and. And like I always tell a lot of uh, my students uh, and just a lot of people that a lot of the guys, what they, and I, not to sound competitive, but I said what they got on us is location, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if you notice a lot of guys now that's from Memphis, they doing good because they went to California. We got guys playing with Stevie Wonder and all of them. I just wish, you know, it was a day and time like like in the 70s that, you know, because we had uh, Otis Red and the Barcades, and, you know, our guy was walking around saying, yeah, that's so-and-so drama. That's so-and-so good top player because mm-hmm. them artists was right Gosh. here. Right. And I just wish we can get that kind of power and energy back that, um, 
that Memphis just, you know, that we can just do everything right here mm. and don't have to go, mm. you know. That's that's my goal and I mean dreams of yeah. of future Memphis music. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome, and we thank you for thank you, you guys. Thank are, you. Thank I know you. we 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 alluded to it, but they both uh, teach and give back and mm-hmm. have all these mentees and everything. So we are just so grateful that you guys are in our body. Oh, it goes both ways. It goes both ways every yeah. Sunday. And thank you so much for being on the Take One podcast. We thank you for the thank you. Thanks for thank you. I used to I, I used to see these mics and stuff. I didn't know what y'all had going on. <laughs>